My name is Dwight. I'm a Dwighty guy. Everything's made out of messed up organs that I'm filled with blood. And I'm a metaphor for children's television. Why did you make me watch this, Dwight? <laughs> because it's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Don't hug me, I'm scared is. What's your favorite idea? Mine is being creative. How do you get the idea? I just try to think creatively. Now when you tear me apart, Lisa! You want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres. Sorry, Jeff. You lose. It was Professor Plum. I said Plum. The men you seek think you are dead, Kimosa. Pass to the start of the Bernoulli Converginator. If he puts the car in fifth gear, he can jumpstart the whole thing. We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Carlin. And I'm Dwight Stearns. And what did we watch? We watched... For Shocktober. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A pretty messed up web series called Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. It is very British. Uh, yes, it's very British. That's it's, why there's only six episodes. It's very messed up. Oh, we should have watched, um, damn it, There's a, the, the, we should have just rewatched the trailer for the next one. Have you seen it? No. It's really, really short. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, just stream of thoughting there. So I only saw the first episode like back in two thousand and like twelve or thirteen. That sounds about right, yeah, because it came out in two. So don't help me, I'm scared. Is a YouTube series um, that started in two thousand eleven and ended in two thousand sixteen. Um, there were six episodes throughout that whole time, and it's a very screwed up interpretation of children's television. If I'm very quiet throughout this one, it's because I'm just. Very shocked by what I just saw. There were some moments when we were watching it. So I wasn't entirely sure you were enjoying yourself, which is kind of a hard thing to say when watching this. But there were some moments I like. I saw your reaction and like, your eyes were like going to fall out of your head. Like they were bugging out. Because, okay, when I see like Muppet stuff, like, like I understand like I like Peter Jackson's Meet the Feebles. But when I mm -hmm. see like like clearly Sesame Streety stuff and it then there's guts and there's blood and there is hearts and 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 buckets eating ducks like and cultism. Yeah, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think either. Like this was very shocking. Yeah. Well, hey, Shocktober. That's what you wanted. Um, <laughs> no, that's what you wanted. <laughs> fair. That's fair. So um, the way that each of these so there's six episodes and the way that each of them except for the last one is structured is it starts off um like it's a standard kids show you have these three characters you have red guy you have duck and you have yellow guy that's kind of what they've been uh called uh, mm -hmm. over the years um and they are presenting a topic of the day uh it can range from creativity to time to you know using computers things of that nature um love is another one i think food food and then dreams are, are the it's not that order but that's what they talk about mm -hmm. um and in the uh theme of this month about halfway through each of them maybe a little earlier some uh, a turn happens. Yeah, we Some, should just something happens. We should just call it David Lynch does this, David Lynch does that, because basically unedited footage of a bear was David Lynch does an infomercial. This yes. is David Lynch does a kid's film. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. The first one is um it takes the longest to get to the, the to the twist, but like it's the creativity one and they end up like cutting pies that have human organs in them. Well when they and, do the glitter, they and put a glitter human with a heart. human heart and it's like they're rolling in the glitter and they're spelling out <laughs> death. And... Yeah, that one's pretty messed up. They're all pretty messed up. Like, which one did you have a favorite of the four or of the sorry the six? The the least disturbing one until the very end was the cult one. That one's actually one of my least favorite ones. I find it a little bit slow. Maybe when... that's because it takes so long for it to get to the to the twisty thing. Because I like I I like messed up and stupid and gross and disturbing things. Well, don't we all? I'm a terrible <laughs> human being. But. Like, like, the idea of doing, like, a kid's show and then aiming it at adults is fine. Mm -hmm. And then 
I, I just need to be prepared for this, like the shock. Like I need to be prepared. For, I need to brace myself. <laughs> and like I, as soon as I saw the first one, like I had advanced notice that mm-hmm. like all this was going to be weird. And it still bothered me. Like it still scared the shit out of me. It's pretty messed up. The time one, like as soon as, so on our last episode, you re brought up your, uh, previous fear of death and stuff like that and i was like oh i feel really bad right now because time at the end of it spoiler alert they all rapidly age and then start decaying and die um (laughs) (laughs) make it stop um so i i just picture like eight-year-old me is like why did you bring him here that would be messed up right (laughs) if if, can you imagine showing this to a kid like that's obviously it's not what it's intended for but so I, i found out about this through through when I used to uh, teach students video, like, years ago, Mm -hmm. almost four years ago, I was teaching a class, and and they were talking about, don't hug me, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, it's like Sesame Street, and I watched it without them there. (laughs) And I was like, do I need to call their parents? (laughs) Okay, if if we want to take a little detour here, the things that kids are into nowadays is really messed up. And I think that like sometimes parents should be made aware of some of this stuff. Like a kid should not be watching Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. A kid, like an eight-year-old kid or whatever, should not be watching or playing Deadpool, but I'm going with like Slender Man and and, like all those like creepy But remember, Slender Man loves you just the way you are. Yeah, until, until people try to kill each other like like there was a little girl who like stabbed did you see that documentary i didn't see the documentary but i read like the um uh the court cases on it and stuff like that the documentary is fascinating um if it's anything like i said the the actual court case then yes it's disturbing to to the girls and they're like they're they're creepy like they're right or or, are they normal or one girl is normal the other one is creepy yeah so like Kids should not be watching this type of material. Parents should be doing a better job. But parents nowadays, I think, from uh, I'm as a non-parent, I'm going to tell everybody how to do their job. And uh, <laughs> like they just like stick iPads. Dwight Stern's mansplaining parents. That's what I do. No, I'm yes. Uh, and, like they just like stick screens in front of their kids, and they're like, "This is how you do it." It's it, and it leads to things like uh, people getting stabbed in the in the uh, woods. <laughs> it it was. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> the uh, don't hug me. I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. It, like, like, would I ever watch it again? Probably not. I've watched it like five times now. But I'm fascinated I will. Fascinated by it. But now I will watch all of the film theories and and Matt Pat stuff where yes, he talks he... about it because now, like, I always skipped through it because I was like, I don't understand what he's talking about. Spoiler alert! I'm gonna be talking about that a lot in this one. He's it's, my favorite. It's I love Matt um, Pat. I like some of his things. I don't watch them unless I know the subject. And there are some times where he himself rubs me the wrong way. Um, I feel, like I, I understand like it's YouTube and it's a brand and like you need to like put yourself out there and whatnot. But every time that stupid dumb face picture of his floats up and then, like he starts like talking to himself and doing that type of stuff, it just feels so like self-flatulating that, if I don't was know if that's created, the way. that was created by his editor i realize that but he, it's used constantly and, and like it just it just seems like he's like jerking himself the off e- and it the really editor bugs who me. killed himself too much uh, uh ronnie Ani edwards i think was his yeah. name yeah but but it's still used today like i'm not saying like obviously like that was a very um uh, tragic thing that happened and uh, i'm not trying to make light of, of that <laughs> no, no, I, no i'm no. just saying like matt pat himself there are times where he comes off as so smug to me but but him him covering this stuff now i can actually oh, yeah, yeah. watch it so i can know what he's talking about it's fascinating and I, I i do love his don't hug me i'm scared um episodes which is like i said i'm gonna be referencing that a lot in this one well um, i believe like he got me to believe after i watched his like his second video was on the matrix on who the chosen one was his second film you're, you're talking film theory, right? Yeah. Because I've watched him for years on game theory because yeah. I, I, I play video games a lot. Um, but film theory, his theory is that the chosen one is actually Agent Smith. And really? Lo- and because if a man is born inside the Matrix, that is Agent Smith. Uh, well, like, like when he like is reborn after Neo blows him up? Yep. And, that makes sense. And, and he is the one who controls everything, which Agent Smith does by turning people. And it's only when he turns Neo that he can can be, be he can bring unity throughout the hmm. 
Yeah, like it's an interesting one. So, so that's why I trust him, and that's why when you're gonna explain his, his stuff, I'll be like, okay, this makes I, sense. Yeah. This makes sense. I'm on board. Yeah, I, I tend to, like I said, I, I like the majority of his theories. It's he himself that I have the issue with from time to time. But um, so back to Don't Hold Me, I'm scared. I think my favorite part about it in general is just the aesthetic of everything. Like everything is either a puppet or like a person in a costume that is like designed to look like old school, like Sesame Street stuff. They go through like different animation styles, right. which is fascinating. I mean, because that's what Sesame Street did. Yeah, exactly. So if, it's just really cool. The more I think about it, if I have to th- say what my favorite episode is, it's probably, and it's not because it's the last episode. I, the last episode is just, that's the type of stuff that I like. Mm-hmm. The the whole, like, you've got the backstory of how yeah. he created it. That's how, Yeah, that's what I think it is. That's how I interpret that yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and that stuff I like. You, yeah. know, you know I like the meta stuff. Like, I went on, I went on to your other podcast, No Refunds, mm-hmm. and I talked about, like, my favorite movie my top five favorite movies being about making, making movies, movies yeah. or being set in a movie theater. Like, so i like that, that how the sausage is made. Yep. So which this, you definitely get in yeah. it, which is awesome. But um, it also creeps me out. Like Roy. Oh, he's, he's disgusting. He's a, he's a disgusting puppet being like, it's, you meet him and like, he's like surfing porn on the, oh. on his computer. And it's just ugh, nasty. So each episode, they're they're teaching a different thing. The first one's death. Then they teach. No, about the, f- the first one is uh, creativity. Creativity, but the the they end up talking about. Uh, in time, they end up talking about death. I thought that was in creativity because she spells out death. Oh yeah, but that's like once you've taken the twist. So with, with creativity, um, the the, the ish- what they do in each of these is they 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 present the lesson, but they present it incorrectly. So in creativity, they're talking about different forms of creativity. But then as soon as every time um, Yellow Guy says something, he's like, hey, look, I painted a picture of a clown. That's wrong. Uh, yeah. Hey, look, you got to slow down. And they, and they dump black paint on it. And then he's like, my favorite color is green. Green's not a creative color. So they're talking about creativity, but they're also talking about limiting that creativity. And they're talking about like um, stifling. That's corporate somebody. sponsorship. Yes, it is. It's like you can think however you want but you're not allowed to think these specific ways and then it breaks down into the horrific violins and just fucked up imagery which is weird so i think that that's like what the first one is really kind of hinting at and that things are wrong and like there's something is off in these messages that they're telling you these kids in this world (laughs) and so the voice acting in it, it it they're all british actors yes and it sounds more like um like the original like Teletubbies like the narrator like oh I can hear that yeah. yeah I see what you're saying I like that um duck sounds like robotic time he's like really like auto-tuned and yep. weird what what I didn't understand is all of the the mixed metaphors because like um uh, <laughs> I later I later talked to the students that I taught and I was like Wait, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "You wouldn't, <laughs> old man, curling." And I was like, I was like, twenty five at the time. It was like, you know, four, four or five years ago. I was like, mm-hmm. old man. Ouch! First off, ouch. <laughs> First off, like, ow. <laughs> and the nineties were great, so screw you, because <laughs> I'm gonna know what it was like to walk into a video store. It's true. It's very true. Uh, yeah, go you go walk take, to your red. Take box. your red boxes and shove them. Um, you can walk the aisles of red box. <laughs> So if if we want to talk about like, I don't know if you want to talk about individual episodes or if you want to talk about like this the was overarching. All, this was your thing. your brainchild, so I will. Okay, okay. I so will we, give you my top. So hat. before we get into like the um, I guess the individual kind of gross parts, we can talk about what the, like the overarching story is supposed to be. So like you said, in the sixth episode, you kind of have a flashback and you see red guy. Um, trying to pitch his idea to like his friend or his co-workers and then he goes to like an open mic night and he starts singing the creativity song and everybody hates it except for uh roy who we've met in other episodes just in, in my mind roy is played by giovanni Ribisi. i don't know who that is from ted uh million ways ted. to die in the west i haven't G- seen giovanni Ribisi has been in everything like Seth mcfarland's he, done or? not just that but like he's been in everything from the 90s did you see that thing you do Maybe that the 
No. Tom Hanks. Uh, no, I haven't seen okay. that. Um, on Friends, he was Phoebe's brother. I did like, not watch Friends. Friends uh, is stupid. It's not stupid. It's just not for me. Can you hand me my phone? And, and I can hand you your phone. I'll, I'll bring up a picture. I'm sure he's a person. But, like, he he's in a bunch of Mark Wahlberg movies, and every time he plays a bad guy, he kind of talks like this. I, yeah, that's like the perfect voice that I could picture Roy. Roy never speaks in this. He's really like a shadow puppety, messed up man. It's very creepy. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi was in Avatar, the the movie. The M Night Shyamalan movie, or no, no, Ava- <laughs> not the Last Airbender. <laughs> Avatar, like. Um... Okay, was he the bad guy in that? Oh yeah, okay. The guy I know who him. wanted the unobtainium. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, he's Weasley. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. So anytime, so I always had a joke with my friends, because there are times when like when Giovanni Ribisi is a good guy in a movie, he'll he'll be like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" But when everybody is a bad guy, it's like they like he does that nasally. same voice. Yeah, that that's the voice he uses in Ted, and like that's like the voice he does when he's a bad guy. So when I, I saw, see that. when I saw Roy in his overalls with his like kind of to the sad mouth and I, that's that's what i saw i was like oh this guy's a pervert and he's just dis- yes he's messed up and so and like he forces his son to be on the show exactly that's that's part of it so um and so he is a uh he owns um a food distri- distribution plant or like he like makes food or something like that like because i some, would not get food from this guy same because in some of the episodes you see things like they're called like roy's oats and stuff like that so it's clearly <sighs> that he is the one who is uh selling these products and he starts as the the show's episodes progress you start seeing more and more of his advertisements being like pushed into things uh and then in episode three red guy who is the other creator um he goes into this like other room remember he like follows those wires and he finds that other um version of themselves being made mm-hmm. and people have or matt pat specifically has, has rep, uh, interpreted that as being like red guy has now discovered through the internet other people making like low budget content and it blows his mind that this is something you can do outside of like a studio system or outside of a process like that where you would have full creative control and so that's why in the next episode he starts calling his friends and being like hey look there's other ways that we can do this and eventually they do break free from Roy. And that's why after he pulls the plug on the whole project at the end there, um, it restarts and they are all now their own creative colors. Like yellow guy is now green. Um, red guy is now blue. And the duck is yellow. I forget what color he is. Um, maybe he's red. So they've now like yeah, started their own. And if you look at the set, it's like very similar to what the first one was, but there's not a lot of things on the walls. It's very bare bones, very low budget. And now they've like started their own thing again with full creative control for themselves. So it's really like a positive message in general, but it's like a fucked up route to get there. Um, June 19th plays a big role in this. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed that the every day is June 19th, yep. which is, um, if you go back in like British history, I think it was June 19th and like, sometime in the fifties where legislation was signed that, um, enabled, uh, cause there was always like BBC one, BBC two. And then eventually they, uh, legislation was signed that allowed more channels to be created. But when that happened, it allowed advertisers to have a stake in that. It wasn't strictly government controlled anymore. So once that happened, the message shifted from, you know, actual entertainment or actual, um, like education to, what the corporate sponsors want the kids That's to learn. Awful. It really is. It's really messed up. Um, and this kids, is a really cool interpretation of it. Kids, you can't have your wheat flakes. You have to have Cadbury flake bars. Mm-hmm. It's better for you. Look at our food pyramid, which was like, I loved the food pyramid in this because it was just shapes and the chunks shape, of things. Yeah. You can use this helpful food shape chat. It's like, it's like how the food pyramid in America was created to sell uh, grain products, right? Because it's not real, like that, like the the twelve to ten servings or whatever of grains a day is not a healthy diet. Actually, right. there was something that they had created to help push their agenda, which is 
messed up. I remember being taught the food pyramid in schools. It's 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 screwed up stuff. Because like a real doctor commented on it saying that like the food pyramid should be mainly fruits and vegetables. Yeah, exactly. Like I think it's it's less of a pyramid. Have you seen the modern day pyramid? It's like um, instead of like actual like structure of a pyramid, it's just a triangle with like lines down it, and it's like they're all equal except for candy that's in moderation. It's yeah. like. Come on, guys. You're telling me I can't have ice cream every day? Oh, I'm telling you. You're an adult. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Let's go get ice cream right now. <laughs> it's October. There's no way. Uh, Indoor ice cream places? No, or you can just eat a giant tub of ice cream, Scott. Yeah, but it's not the same unless, like, someone... Mm, you're right. Like, like... We can go to Nasty Friendlies, where <laughs> they give you, like, one scoop of ice cream for $30. Well, they also have that ice cream sundae that's, like, 13 scoops. Let's go get that. I I, I always joke that like um, when I would break my fast in, uh, on Yom Kippur that I would go get that 13 scoop Sunday. I never joked about Yom Kippur. I'm not Jewish. So. <laughs> but but I, I I joked that I was going to do that. And another friend I had who who is also Jewish. You have but, other friends. Yeah, I I'm quit. S- I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you that. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, let's do it. And then, like, we got there and we were very tempted. And we're like, this will make us so sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a lot of ice cream. <laughs> that's, that's when, that's when we damage. needed that giant T-bone steak or whatever type of steak that was supposed oh, to be. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, it was definitely a steak, a T-bone. Your thing. teeth will fall out. <laughs> uh, they'll go, make your teeth go gray. I think my favorite one is the internet one because it's like the song is fun. I like the digitalness of the the voice. And then that's when they like abruptly shift styles. That one's fun too. I like it. My digital home. Everything made out of numbers and code. Wow. We're all computery. Oh, yeah. Wow. 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 Because of the computer. I don't get it. How can it be if I'm sitting at home when I'm inside the screen? But you're not you. You're your digital you. Virtually real, but controlled by real you. But if he's not quite real, then I'm not real too. And you're not real you. He's inside your real you. Oh, Skrillex. (laughs) What will you think of next? The the internet one's interesting too because, like, it's talking about how um, they only want to, like, they want to control you and only have you do... These very limited things. The internet's only for working, like the pie graphs, the char- uh, bar graphs, buying things with mm-hmm. digital style, and just mindless entertainment. Like, you can't use it, or they're trying to convince people that they can't use it for any sort of, like, research or, right. like, you know, enlightenment, enterta- art, entertainment you style You need it stuff. for analytics. And- exactly. So, ah, I don't know. This, like, is, this is a very f- interesting show. But it's in October because it's gross. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, it is I, so I, gross. I, I realize that like I'm I'm getting into the whole like socio-economical political version of this, but yeah, each of these is fucked up. The time one, like I've already said, like when he the the clock eventually um, starts speeding up time and everyone starts decaying, and the stuff with the fish in that one's also nasty, oh. where they're like. It's seven past eight. That's fish on my plate. And they're just like smacking dead sardines. Yeah. When they have the raw, like the chicken, the egg, the fish. Oh, with the picnic. Yeah. That was disgusting. And and then like everything is bloody. Mm -hmm. Like what were they doing? I don't know. Like the the art version, like um, the artistic direction and thought that they went into this is like, I don't know how they could have come up with that. Like it's, it's disgusting. I mean, I know how they can come up with it. You just go to a supermarket and find gross things. But why would you want to do it? It's icky. <laughs> it's gross. Like the and when, uh, when like when they show the raw chicken again and a fly lands on it, mm-hmm. I was just like, huh? yep. And like uh, uh, at the end of that one, when like a bloody caterpillar uh, cracks out of the egg, then they like uh, pesky bee and they smack it. Oh, nasty. So gross. I like in the uh, internet one when. The, uh, the computer says it has a digital mind and like they push like a brain with like 
sequins out of the computer. Oh, it's nasty uh, stuff. Like shocking, shocktober. When they when they do guts and stuff, like how do they do that? Because I, they they didn't literally murder someone and like rip out their brain. I, I I can only assume like from a logistical standpoint, they went to like either a a butcher or something like that where they get like the remains a baker, of like a cow, a uh, maybe a candlestick maker. Yeah, like where they like mold the wax into <laughs> make it looking like uh, intestines. I mean, I because like the the scene in the food one, it's where, so graphic. Where duck. Excuse me. Mm, that was good, Duck. Where Duck is uh, getting eaten by the can. Where like they're, I guess that's like a metaphor for him being canned because they make it look like Yellow Guy eats him, which is also disgusting. Um, that whole like when he's pulling out his intestines, something that's nasty. That's why I'm gonna call the dad Giovanni Roy BC, <laughs> which is fair. The um, do you do what I say, boy? The shot of of Yellow Guy. Uh, after he's eaten his friend, reminded me of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5 when um, Freddy kills this girl by feeding her herself. Like, he, like, digs out her stomach and feeds it to her, and her, and her cheeks get all puffy and Because I, I was thinking of National Lampoon's European Vacation, where Audrey has the dream that she goes to London, and they're just feeding her sweets and sweets and sweets, and well, she's just getting fatter. Well, that's a really nice thing. No, I'm, no, she dies. Oh, does dream. she? It's been a while since I've watched that movie. She doesn't literally die, but, like, in her in dream, dream, she explodes. Oh, it's like... um. Is it Monty Python's Meaning, Meaning of, of Life? life? Yep. Where the guy uh, eat, eats himself to death and he literally explodes over everything. You can see where some of their influences came from. Like, that's how that, that super felt like that. It, it's very, like, Monty Python-esque um, with, like, all of the songs. Mm-hmm. It's all, But also, for if you go into British television, um, there are elements of, like, the Mighty Boosh. I haven't actually watched it. That's where Old Greg sure. comes from. Oh, yeah. okay. Hey there. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so like anything Noah Fielding, uh, Noel Fielding does, mm-hmm. not counting Great British Bake Off, <laughs> <laughs> um, which... I know you're a big fan of that show. I am. I've never actually... I've watched, I think, an episode. Oh, it, it, they're just so nice to each other. Which is really sweet. It, like, I, I like watching a competition show where they're not dicks to each other. <laughs> Like, I'm going to be you. It's like, oh, love, you need help? I have extra sugar. <laughs> Can I help you? They then, literally help each other. Like, when the other person's done and someone's struggling, like, three of them will come and help someone. It's like, that. that's that's competition. That's very sweet. But have they ever baked organs into a pie and then fed it to each other? No, I don't think Mary Berry would have approved of that. Not then. Um, I don't I, want to hear about it. I just picture Mary Berry be eating that pie. The guts, the 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 too the too chewy. It's a little stringy uh, and, through the and teeth. Your, and your pie has a soggy bottom for the crust. Because mm. that that's what they're mm. all about. A nice dry. Do you want a nice dry bottoms? A nice not dry soggy pie bottom, bottom that's uh, not oh. soaked. Oh, I thought you were talking about regular bottoms. No, but there is there is a Great British Baking uh, podcast called Soggy Bottoms. That's pretty funny. Um, How do you have a a pod? What do they just review each episode? Like, I think they talk about the food. I've never listened to it. Okay. Oh, you know, I can see like if they tried to bake what was on the show, that would make sense. I've never listened to it, but just kidding. Yeah, this all makes sense now. I I take back my previous skepticism about a podcast. But Uh, like all of the food in this show is gross. Not great. Yes, 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 in this one Uh, when they like start getting about like the in the food episode where they're talking about like what you can eat and what you should eat it's like gray stuff milk aspic and it's like what's aspic aspic is like a it's like a gelatin made out of like fatty stuff i think it's oh, if i'm not God. mistaken yeah it's just like, it's like nasty. cartilage <laughs> yeah it's nasty oh um no and like it's it's really like flavorless and just kind of like bland which is all the foods that they were telling you to eat. And I like in that sequence where they were like, they were going through how the, the body is like a house food comes in through the chimney, which is fucking weird. And then they're like, when the bad food comes in and what they're showing is fruits and vegetables. So it's like messed up in how Don't they're deceiving people. Yeah. Honestly, this reminded me a lot of Pink Floyd's the wall. Okay. I could see like, that. Like, like a lot of, uh, Especially like the if you don't eat your meat, you don't get your pudding. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see that, yeah. It, it it was just very disturbing. The song, the songs, the only one that I can really remember is the Creativity song. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, 
so there's creativity and there's time, and it's like, what about time? It's quarter to nine. Something about great. There's fish on my plate. That one's a weird one. Um, I think the third one is the love song, which yeah. is all about being in a cult. Oh like, yeah, that one got like the that one takes a while to get to the messed up stuff. Well, but the when more it I, does, the more I think about it, it's the Wicker Man. Like yes, like like at at the end when we watched the credits and and we saw them lighting on, it was the Wicker Man. It mm-hmm. literally was the Wicker Man, and that's what the Wicker Man is about—a cult. And I know in America, the only Wicker Man we really pay attention to is Ah, the bees, <laughs> bees, ah, not my eyes. But the original one with Christopher Lee is really good. In London, mm-hmm. that is like a that that is their equivalent of like Citizen Kane. Like really, like, wow, I can see that. Like like it is. Have you ever seen the original? Yes. It's fantastic. Yes, yes. It's so good. Yep. And what it does to to like pop culture in London and the UK is fantastic. Mm. And that's why like I enjoyed seeing some of the film references. Oh, yeah, there definitely was like, some. But I got like a huge UHF reference. Like when they went into the computer world, the the animation style for them mm-hmm. was very <clears throat> um Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. Okay. And because Dire Straits is also another big British band. (laughs) But when they go in there, the animation style is very Money for Nothing Mm -hmm. um, music video. I I think that fits in with the aesthetic of the show because um, it's clearly not supposed to be taking in like modern day or taking place in modern day. It's in the past around that time. It it feels like 70s and 80s. Yeah, it's definitely super dated in that sense but in a in a really cool way and it also makes sense because one of the one of the only like well it's got the internet i take back some of that <laughs> but it's the aesthetic is supposed to be like that well one of the only things that like is big here in america and like for children's programming and and huge over there is i believe mr rogers Oh, I can see that. How Wait. that would be. Well, Mr. Rogers is a saint, and uh, everyone in the world should be able to watch. Did you him. see the photo of Tom Hanks? As yes, I did. Oh, he it's, looks. It's so... insane. He looks so good. Yeah, and I, um, I, I told this on the Casper episode, but know the scene in Casper where Mr. Rogers shows up, like he's watching Mr. Rogers. Really? He's watching. Mr. Oh, is that not during the breakfast? Or no, no, no it, it's when he wants a friend, and he's like watching tv and he's flipping through okay he's in he's in his attic he he's downstairs in the living room room. okay it's been a while Um, and that's where he finds hard copy with with bill pullman oh yeah so it's right at the beginning yep before that there is a clip with mr rogers and apparently uh Fred Rogers read the script, heard the story of Casper and what they were gonna do, and he he was like, "Of course I'm gonna do it." Like like he that wasn't like a scene from an actual episode of Mr. They Ro- shot that for the they movie. They shot that for the movie. That's awesome. And that's why Fred Rogers oh, is a fucking he's, saint. He's a sweetheart. He's like amazing. R.I.P. Um. So Too like soon. so I just I picture Red Guy as like this Fred Rogers yes, type, definitely. Like who had a vision of mm-hmm. using TV as a as a tool to get kids yep and then like creepy giovanni roy bc now what we're gonna do is we're gonna sell my food and uh i'm exactly. gonna watch and pornography com- on and the he porn comes in the, and he corrupts it in every in every way my son's gonna say but dad i don't want to be <laughs> like is there a reason why the son actually sounds like ringo i don't know i just I want to be a drummer in Liverpool. Hey, part of me wonders. So, like, Roy wasn't introduced wasn't introduced until the second episode. So, I wonder if they just created the first one almost as like a one-off little weird commentary, and then once they started creating an act like more of these, they were able to make an actual story. I think that's out of what it. they did because if you look at the credits for the first one, it says a film by. Yes. Yeah, you're right. And then the other ones were just like one-offs. Yep. And then they had like Kickstarter. Like eventually, they made Kickstarters and stuff like that for it, where you could. Um, people could have supported it, and that's how they were able to get larger budgets for the later live action things. I, I now now we need to have a T shirt that says Giovanni Roy BC. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you mean that my son can't be on this television program? I'm gonna sell my processed foods. <laughs> so the, uh, another really cool thing is uh, they're making a sequel to this. Um, like this is because it ended two years ago, and uh, the creators have been really uh, upfront about a lot of it, and. Um, when they were originally making the show, they didn't want any sort of, um, which is very ironic seeing what we're talking about, but they didn't want like any sponsorship. They didn't want anyone like 
um, supporting the show financially. They're like, no, we're going to do it ourselves because we don't want anybody telling us what to do. But for this next one, they've now partnered with um, what's Conan O'Brien's? Conico. Conico. They've partnered with them and they've released a trailer for the new season uh, because everybody thought it was done, but it looks like this one's going to be very political based. And um, well, Conan Conan lets people do what they want. Like like TBS now should just be called well, you can't call it CBS, but <laughs> but most of the programming on TBS is produced by Conan O'Brien, and he he has so much stock in TBS like now because yeah. um, he he also was a producer on Final Space. And, and like all of the shows that are there have some sort of aspect of being produced by Conico. Aspect? Yes. Yes. No, but well, uh, what did I say? No, you said aspect, and then I said aspect, because oh, aspect okay. is gross. Um, but you like, said it right. Yeah, I was being okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tired. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, so I'm, I'm wondering, like, if Conan is just like, you know what? I trust you guys do whatever you want. I would imagine um, it. It's looking like this is going to be so. They're a British British people, but it looks like this is going to be really commenting on like Donald Trump and um, just like the immigration state that we're currently living in, and just like the weird politicky world that has happened in the last two years since "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared" has gone off the air. Ugh. It's going to be depressing and probably disgusting, but probably have a very positive message. Is it going to air on TBS? I don't know. I, I have no idea. All they've announced has been just the trailer um, with the production companies that are supporting them. So I'll, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I just thought, okay, so in specific episodes, the things that like I liked and things I hated. Yeah. So go. So... In the first thing, I liked I liked how like they don't know what to do, and then like a normal Sesame Street type of thing, the the notepad comes alive, and like oh, I got an idea, and mm-hmm. like and then in that episode, I've already said the guts, like like the yep. pie that that just got me, and then the the thing that disturbed me throughout the whole thing is what is the 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 relevance of the whole missing is that Roy trying to find them? Are they? I don't know what that means. Okay, so what I'm wondering is if, like, they're they're going off like guerrilla style, trying to film their own show. That's why, like, in the cult one, it doesn't <laughs> have the aspect of of Roy meddling at all until the very end. Um, Roy's in it. If if you watch it really slowly, once the uh, the cult starts taking over, um. There's a shot of yellow guy while like the camera's zooming out and there's a whole bunch of people around him. Roy's in there, um, the clocks in there, um, the notepads in there, like everything from previous episodes ha- are in there dressed as the cult indoctrinating this one in yellow guy into it. So, but like I think the beginning you're right about is like they've ran away from him, but he, he catches him. Right. Um. So yeah, all that stuff. Um. In the <laughs> the the computer one, like I mm-hmm. I like I liked how it started. Like, oh, we're gonna hear from the globe. That was awesome. Like they they were like trying to prompt the globe to say something, and then the computer just pops in. Yeah, um, that, that that's pretty much it. I said all, all that I I could on on. Like I'm, I'm just very shocked with what I saw. It, it's, it's. So Was it shocking? Shocktobery, what you it, might say. Yeah, it, it just like really. I, I'm so happy that people are being this creative. Yes. And and like I think that's what's like getting me. Like right now, I'm just like in awe of what I saw, and I'm very a little disturbed, <laughs> but I, but I appreciate it. I would highly recommend everybody listening to this. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's only 30 minutes long, give or take. Uh, if you watch it with credits, I think it's 33. We watched a supercut um, that had the credits removed and all put at the end. I would honestly recommend watching them on the actual um, YouTube channel for uh, Don't Hung Me, I'm Scared with the credits. Because on some of them, specifically the fourth episode, it's mildly important. Um and then afterwards, go listen to the or watch the uh, the film theories on them because they're really cool. Like, how deep does he go? Very deep. There, it's a two parter. So it's um, he like digs into the history behind it. He talks about there's some times where um, the 
creators gave interviews in in character so they like gave an interview to a magazine as the yellow guy red guy and duck and then roy talks about one thing about like punishing his son and stuff like there that. yeah i was on the set of ted with seth mcfarland <laughs> yes that deep, is in what the, deep in the church of scientology <laughs> so there's things like that he goes into really it's really really cool I liked it. You guys can't see this, but every time I do my Giovanni Ribisi impression, I keep touching my chest. Cause I think they can hear it because you're rubbing yourself very loudly. <laughs> because like every time you see him do that character, especially in like Ted or or in uh, the Rum Diaries, uh, he he does that. Like he he does that. Like, he's like, that's nah, the fire water drives the man crazy. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> But, but but you've nailed the correct actor to play that guy in a live action. Either him or Steve Buscemi. That's the other one. Like that's yeah, <laughs> someone with messed up teeth. <laughs> and Buscemi also has like he could do the really like crazy eyes and stuff like that. Yeah. The kind of. But he also he also has a sweetness to him too. So the... he could start off really sweet and then like devolve into this monster. Yeah yeah you're my son I love you get on the camera. <laughs> Get out there, you son of a bitch! And like that—that's another commentary. Like child actors, like mm-hmm. like forcing your kid. Yeah, Roy. Roy also could be like seen as a uh, Michael Culkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like forcing his kid who clearly because there are multiple times where Yellow Guy is like, "I don't want to do this. Stop, please stop." <laughs> but that's silly. No. How can you be sleepy if you don't know how to have dreams? No, I don't want to know. I I don't want to know how to have dreams. No, no. Dreams are a movie that live in your head. Every night when you sleep in your bed. (laughs) And then like he's forced to go through the drowning in oil dreams and messed up things. I think you're onto something with that. Wait. Oh man, yellow guy's gonna end up like Lindsay Lohan, cutting Ugh. off the tip of his finger in a boating accident. What? Well, I missed that. Is that recent or a few years ago, I or a year ago, or, or maybe this year? I guess I don't pay attention she to was Lindsay sailing. Lohan anymore. I I still I still don't understand why she has such a huge career in London now. Uh, Tina Fey, probably because of Tina Fey. Tina Fey like. Goes to bat for her at every opportunity. Does she? Yes, because they work together on Mean Girls. Well, no, I know, but and, but um, but uh, and... Lindsay Lohan shot her mouth off and said, "Oh, we're making a Mean Girls too." Oh, and, seriously? And Tina Fey's like, "No, we're not." <laughs> like that's the only time I've ever heard Tina Fey not take her side. It's possible for I, like, I I'm doing the that. Broadway show, but you're not gonna be in it. For a while there, like she was like trying to get her work and like trying to like help her back on her feet, and it's possible that she'd burned that bridge at this yeah, point I because think she she's gave a train wreck. Well, but Lindsay Lohan does a ton of theater in London, and she had cool. she has like two shows like on wow. the BBC. One of them has uh, Rupert Grint on it. Oh, I didn't know he was still doing stuff. Yeah. Good for him. Yes. Um, but I pictured um him I pictured Yellow Guy as like Lindsay Lohan or Kim <laughs> Kim Macaulay Culkin. I could see that. Oh Macaulay Culkin, yeah. He Kier- also Kieran Culkin's doing great. Uh and so is Rory Culkin. They're both doing very well. Yeah. What's Rory on? Uh wasn't he the one who was just on Castle Rock? Or is that Kieran? No, it's probably Rory. I know they both are relatively interchangeable. Kieran Culkin is on, um, is on that, that HBO. Yeah, he's the one on that HBO show. I think so. I think Rory Culkin was the one on Castle Rock. I I love Kieran Culkin. Like, so so now that's what I picture. Yellow guy. Okay, so Giovanni Ribisi is Roy, and Kieran Culkin or Rory Culkin, <laughs> one of the Culkins, is is a uh, yellow guy. Yes, that's that. I'm 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 sold on this. Yep. Um, That's who, who would be red guy? Let's see, red guy John Ham. Nice. Oh, perfect. That is a super ideal. Gilbert Godfrey as Duck. Yes, I was right. Rory Culkin was on Castle Rock, okay. and he's done a bunch of other stuff. Um, and Gilbert Godfrey as Duck. Well, that's just yeah, yeah, obvious casting there. Now, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ah, we saved you the last egg. My favorite Gilbert Godfrey performance is Child's. Uh, Problem Child 2. Yeah, we talked about this before on the podcast. <laughs> um, his stand-up's really good. I saw him Is live, it? and, and uh, he's actually really funny. 
He's like, is he super blue? Like he seems like he's really inappropriate. Well, he doesn't do the voice. Like, like really? Like he does it a little bit, but his regular talking voice is kind of like it's kind of like Mo. Oh, but it's, then he doesn't go into the craziness. No, he like, no, no, he he talks about like like uh, people who are obsessed with like Jesus and religion, <laughs> and he's like, you know, Jesus got his start on the flip book. It was him and the lady with the hula hoop on the other side. <laughs> We all knew that Jesus was going to do great things because he was on that horse. <laughs> and, like, you have to understand, like, old school um, flip books from, like, the 19... Like... The 19s? Like, the 1920s. Like, wow. when they had them in, like, Cracker Jack boxes and stuff. With the old um, chick tracks. Well, but, yes, tracks Duck later. would be... Uh, I could see that. Gilbert that'd be, Godfrey. That'd be perfect. Um, And definitely John Hamm as Red Guy. Because yep. I, I picture John Hamm as a guy, like, oh, wouldn't this be crazy? Like, like... If this file came, if to this life. file came to life, and what's your favorite idea? <laughs> that would be awesome. And I could see like um, you get like crazy celebrities to play each individual um person. Like uh, I could see Jack Black as one of them, or like Jack, Will Ferrell. Jack Black would be the computer, definitely. And I I I see like John Cleese as the clock. Yes, that's perfect. And uh, um, what's her name? The the queen. Um. Not Helen Mirren, uh, uh, Claire Foy. Claire Foy, as a, as the creativity notepad. Yeah, that would be great. That'd be perfect. I could also see like, uh, like Helena Bottom Carter as the, um, as the, the as the can. Yes, yeah, yep. the can. That's exactly what I was. Going yeah, to. in the giant steak. Not... That's John Goodman. <laughs> no, that that's too much. That would be too on the nose. You need someone who is like Roseanne. Someone who is kind of like that. I, I, would, I would say, like, John Mulaney has to be in there somewhere. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, John Mulaney. John oh. Mulaney would be all, like, the real people. <laughs> I feel like maybe John Mulaney should be the John Ham, and John Ham should be that giant steak. <gasps> a piece of ham. A giant piece of ham, and it's John Ham. There we go. Oh, perfect. And John Mulaney is right guy. Have you seen the trailer for um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Oh, him as Spider-Ham? Spider-Ham? Uh, Super funny. I'm just looking forward to it. And his design is based after Porky Pig. Like, they mm-hmm. designed him after, like, Chuck Jones' Looney Tunes. It looks awesome. Uh, yeah. <sighs> How are we doing on time? We're at 45 minutes. Mm. Like, this this episode was like, I don't know what to say. Like, what yeah, else to say? Yeah, it's pretty messed up. Like, we, we accomplished what we wanted to. It, it's shocking. It's, it, it's a hard one to talk about because unless you're going into, like I was saying, with the things of... Um, theories. Like, the theories and, and that and stuff. Everything else is really pretty surface well, level. Well, let, let's recap. It's clearly a metaphor for... Um, Creative ideas starting out brilliantly and mm-hmm. then being turned. Yeah, being corrupted. Yep. Um, had I, I, we didn't even touch it, but I, there's a metaphor for like I think every time there's guts or or some something like bad happening, I think that's just a metaphor for your dreams dying and like your mm. heart being ripped out. Yeah. And and losing. Like creativity is really good for that. Like the right. first one because like yep. his stuff gets you can't do this and then you see all the guts coming out and whatnot. Yeah. Um. It's a great idea, and in the the cult stuff. Oh, and we're casting a human person to be the butterfly thing. Oh yeah, that thing was creepy. Nick Kroll. <laughs> okay. Yep. Lately. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, little little Rel has to be in there somewhere. <laughs> he can be the big guy. He can be Malcolm, the the giant uh, gravel king. <laughs> Give me more food. I need more gravel. But yeah, like like everything that they do, every segment, you have six segments, you have six episodes, but they address something that every kid's show would do. Time, creativity, mm-hmm. eating healthy, and then dreams that we never get to see what dreams truly are. Yeah. I like that part in the dreams one where they like where red guy is messing with the um, control panel and he's like dropping in different uh, all the uh, previous teachers that we've seen. And That's new like a metaphor of him trying to take back. His exactly. Show. Yeah. He's, he's he's trying to regain control and then he eventually just pulls the plug on it. I was so creeped out when they reveal Roy with his giant long the arm. The long arm reaching out and. Poking him on the back and oh, creepy, creepy, creepy. Why are you touching my show? I'll say to you what I said to Mark Wahlberg: Get the hell away from my stuff. 
I can't do a John Mulaney. I'm going to pull this plug. That's my John Mulaney. (laughs) I'm not not good at impressions. But of course, I'm going to pull this plug. There we go. I love John Mulaney. I love him too. I just can't (laughs) impersonate him. Do you want me to do what? (laughs) I respect him too much. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. That's why I think you love Big Mouth. Yeah, Big Mouth seems fine. It's, 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 it's gross. Like just, the animation style just looks gross to me. Just John Mulaney's voice acting alone is just so good. That's why I'm excited for Spider Ham. He's yeah. gonna be phenomenal. Is this one of those universes where you know animals <laughs> don't talk? Because I don't want it to be weird for him. <laughs> so good, so funny. Yeah, I I think that anything this would definitely be great if like you have like a John Mulaney voice being like, mm. eh. Like, all of the episodes what? he what? did, like, John Mulaney just going, meh, give me my show back. Give me back my stuff. I don't want I don't want to do this anymore. Did you hear his Emmy speech? Yes, I did. I like the part where he was talking about, he's his like, wife. oh, my wife didn't come because she's like, there's no she, way you'll win. She, she still made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. My, as my wife said to me, I'm not going to fly across country just to watch you lose. <laughs> And I think she made the right choice. I still think she made the right yeah. choice. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm glad he won for that. It was uh, for the Netflix special, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is good. Yes, where he talks about uh, the horse in the hospital. Oh. Donald yeah. Trump is like a horse in a hospital. How did he get in here? I didn't even know he could do that. But in this entire six episode, we watched it as like a half an hour thing. Yep. Each one is like about... Three to five minutes. Yeah, um, the last one is pretty Ten. long. Yeah, because they they go into like the real world stuff. But um, every th- every other one is like four to seven minutes at the most. It's not that long. So when his head explodes, that's that it, that's like them killing him off the show. Well, okay. Um, for that, people have or film theory. Uh, theorizes that that's his mind being blown to the possibilities of other things like other mediums and then he quits the show and then in the dreams episode you see a picture of red guy um in a graduation cap and like gone off to college and so oh, like what they did with blues clues exactly so like they the way that the people think that he was written off the show was he just went away to college and so he doesn't didn't show up anymore yeah, do you know the real reason why Steve was written off the show? Well, it's because he was balding. He was going bald. And he didn't want people to see him go bald on, on TV. Right. And he's not dead. He's he's very much alive. And he's not in a cult. Yes. That's what I, I remember people like. Technically, like, he, he might be because he ended up like joining uh, the Flaming Lips. As yeah, he does music, right? That's, yeah. Yeah. He does He does like keyboards and, and, and guitar for like the Flaming Lips. That's so, pretty cool. So he kind of joined a cult. Yeah, aren't they the ones that perform with Miley Cyrus? Yeah, yeah. He's probably part of a cult. <laughs> like Polyponics Free. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's who you get to be the the cult and like. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's like perfect. Yeah. Because like apparently like the Polyponics Free, they're so like easygoing and they're such a cult band that they sell the robes and you can just come up on stage. I guess I'm in the band now. Sure, I play the not? tambourine. Ding, dong, dong, do, do, ding, dong. Now, when when can I uh, join the group, love? Never. Fight and day. <laughs> I just I just thought, okay, I'm glad you brought this to my attention. I'm glad you, that I finally sat down and I watched it. Because I always said that after I saw the first one, I'll go back and I'll, I'll watch the mm-hmm. rest of them. It, it's an interesting thing. But piece. I feel so dirty. Yeah, now. it's definitely like... My skin is crawling. You really have to go into it um, prepared for depravity and just disgustingness. It just also makes me sad about like this is how you treat child actors. Yeah, child actors and just children in general with like the uh, type of – it really makes me, if and when I have kids, want to – monitor what they're watching in like ensuring that it's coming from a place that's not trying to just push them to buy toys which is impossible nowadays but like you know what i mean like my parents had a rule anything produced by steven spielberg like the cartoons mm -hmm. they knew there wouldn't be that much product placement that makes sense like tiny tunes and stuff like tiny tunes animaniacs freakazoid my my dad also liked those shows Mm -hmm. so he's like like, if I can get behind it, go ahead, watch it. Mm-hmm. But, like, after a while, I think 
Tailspin was the first show. They're like, no, what you need to stop watching it because like. That's interesting because Tailspin was before that. I thought it Tailspin was. Tailspin was Disney Afternoon. Yeah, and it was because they um they started advertising like the playsets, and we mm. ended up my mom had to buy a playset for me for my birthday. Mm. It's what I asked for, and I asked for and I got like the plane and Baloo and Kit and yep. and I got all of the toys. And they're like, no, they're just trying to sell toys. And when they found out you can't find Animaniacs toys anywhere, hey they're like, boy, hey, go watch it. Yep, I um, uh, I super fell prey to that with uh, Ninja Turtles, and yep. I'm still obsessed with them. Ninja Turtles was all about. Wait, do you like Ninja Turtles? I hate Ninja Turtles. No, I don't like Ninja Turtles. I love Ninja Turtles, especially Michael Bay's. Oh yeah, oh they're the best when they get like lips and stuff. It's fucking yeah, I I beautiful. love I love. How uh, Splinter kind of looks like a phallus. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I like that Shredder is just a transformer. It it's amazing. It doesn't kill me inside. It doesn't nope. destroy my childhood. Nope, nope, nope. Um, I did discover what the cartoon like. I mentioned this on the podcast. Your Ninja Turtles for me growing mm-hmm. up, and what I still love to this day, is the real Ghostbusters. Oh, I had, it's a good show. I had the playset. I had. All of that stuff. I collected it. I had the one where I only had one of them, but you would like squeeze their legs and like their their faces would look scared. That was uh, I had one of those. That was Egon who had the scared face. Yep. Yep. That one was fun. That I one had... was my favorite. So as we come to the end of this, yes. In our whole Shocktober, is it shocking? Oh, this one I think is a. 13. Super shock. Yeah, this is 13 for this me. Is this is 13 too. This is a hyper shock. This, this is like, it rattled me, and mm-hmm. it did its job. And it also made me really upset with corporate structure. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very fair. Yeah. So, um, for the for the next episode, as we go into November, we're going to be touching upon 90s literary November. We're doing 90s movies. Oh, cool. Um. But before we get there, we're doing a special treat. We promised you guys Iron Giant for summer flop busters, and we never got around to doing it because, as we mentioned on the podcast, Haley and I bought a house. Yeah, that'll do that. Yeah, so so to make up for that, for Shocktober, for an extra one, we're doing the complete series of Over the Garden Wall, which was supposed to be like a 90-minute movie that they broke up into 13-minute chunks on Cartoon Network. Oh, neat. So, yeah. But that you can watch on Hulu and you can rent it off of Netflix. Like, check it out. We would love for you to watch it with us. You can tweet at us. We have an Instagram account now. We nice. Have, we have Writer's Bagel Basket one. Um, Facebook, email, writersbagelbasket mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And we love hearing from you. Shout out to Rock Candy Podcast, who always retweets our stuff. The oh, Boot also nice. retweets us. Make It Stop. Jukebox Zeros. Old Men Yell at Clouds. You guys are great. We appreciate the feedback. And um, I actually think one of them told us to do uh, Don't don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Before, oh, did they? Like, right after you told me that you wanted well, to do Well, we don't it. do anything that we're told to do, so tough luck. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And for you, I... I I think I'm going to talk to you off mic for this, but for Christmas, there, there's mm-hmm. one thing that I think you might get behind. Okay. Right. I can get behind a lot of things. Well, thank you for having me as a guest on your podcast. <laughs> I, again, I was waiting. You for were you. waiting for it. Yeah. I was waiting for it. I was like, why I, didn't you do it on the last one? Because you cut me off. I think at this point, I did the math. I think I've been on less than half of them at this point. So We've done 60 episodes. Yeah, and there's no way I've been on 30 think you have i don't think so i don't know but i'm just saying i'm only (laughs) i keep on telling you i'm not your co-host anymore but you keep on telling me that i am i don't know but thank you for having me on it was it was you know what's gonna happen now no someone someone on twitter is gonna create a poll of now who is the best co-host that's fine i know it won't be me (laughs) i'm terrible no you you do a great job the people who have been on the most besides you have been Haley. Haley. Well, that you live with her. Right. That doesn't count. Yes. When well, when does, I but... need an emergency. Lee. Oh, yeah. Lee's helped out Mallory. a bunch. Really? Because yeah. she did like four in a row. Did, did she do those before? Anything before that? 
yeah, she was on two or three over the summer. Wow. Yeah, but I thought, yeah, the, the ones over the summer, but... Um, and then she did well, she all of September. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm a re- I pay attention. I'm a really good co-host. <laughs> um, You're and like, uh, Matt's it, been on a bunch, too. Or, no. No? See, I'm terrible. I thought he was. Nope. No, I think nope. he was on at least two. Yeah, at least that's, that's it. I think... Uh, Cole's been on the most. That, that sounds right. Cole's been on a ton. Uh, my favorite co-host that you had was Derek. Yeah, he he's so him and I have a bet. If the a bet, yes. Ooh, what's the bet? If the Are you red to talk about it. Yeah, he 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 tweeted at me on it. Ooh, fight! If the Red Sox win the World Series, oh, it's not like a bagel basket bet. He we have to do fever pitch on the bagel basket. Oh, that's a fair one. And I said absolutely, and he's like, great. And I said one condition: you have to be the co-host. And he goes, I'll do it. And I was, and I said. Great, we'll do the 1995 original version with Colin Firth about uh, soccer, and he's like, "No!" You sp- you uh you tricked him. You I pulled the wool him. over his eyes. <laughs> Nicely done. Well, he catfished himself. You played yourself, son. <laughs> no, uh, so he'll, he'll no, we'll do the Jimmy Fallon, Peter, Obviously. and Bobby Fairley one. Um, I mean, we live in Boston. We have to do <laughs> like we have to do the Red Sox one, but that's only if they win. Yes. Um, he he will be back in December to do uh, December and January. We're doing award season stuff, like stuff that should have been nominated and stuff that shouldn't have. You been. You should do Babe Pig in the City. No, not Pig in the City. Babe. That Regular was nominated babe. for Best Picture. Regular Babe was nominated for Best Picture, and it lost to Braveheart. Yes. Well, there was no way I was gonna win. I know, but it's but, funny. It's funny that Babe was even nominated. That's nuts to me. I think the one that he's doing for. For films that I think I'm gonna have him do Crash, then like oh like because that's the most controversial. Like we, yeah, because uh, because Brokeback lost to it. Brokeback, Capote, and Good Night and Good Luck. Wow, Capote was that early? I thought Capote was later. Same year. That's nuts. It lost to Crash. This should not have won because it was all about the ham-fisted message. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Dwight Stearns. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, if you like listening to us, um, you can follow us on Twitter or email us. Follow us on Twitter at writer, W-R-T-R, bagel, B-A-G-E-L, basket, B-S-K-T, on Twitter, or email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to do. Submit fan art. Submit a logo. Do anything, because we want to hear from you. And if you have show suggestions, email them.